Welcome to the outreach ministry of Bishop Victor Gill, Prophet of the Nation. Coming to you from the Caribbean paradise, the Republic of Trinidad and Tobago. Join us right now for an experience that can change your life. Get ready for your miracle. Here is Bishop Victor Gill. We need to realize that there are, there are two men who have walked the face of this earth whose births have been uncommon. One is Adam and the other is Jesus Christ. Adam had no earthly mother and Jesus had no earthly father. These two men are heads of two species of human beings. Adam represented the old species of human beings. Jesus Christ represents a new species of men. And if you want to call it a new race, you can do that. In reality, there are only two races or two kinds of men in God's sight. Those who are born of Adam and those who are born again in Christ. And in order for us to understand what it means to be a new creation in Christ, we, we need to first understand our old creation in Adam. And so my first point is, all humanity was in Adam. Genesis 2 and verse 7 says, and the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. The word life is plural in the Hebrew. And it means God breathed into Adam the breath of lives. When God breathed into Adam, he breathed into Adam the entire human race. But more than that, we should also appreciate that we were in the loins of Adam. In Hebrews 7 verses 9 and 10, it says, Even Levi, who received tithes, paid tithes through Abraham. For he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. So the Bible said that Levi, the Levites who were to receive the tithes, paid tithes long ago. They paid tithes when Abraham paid tithes because they were in the loins of Abraham. The loins represents the reproductive organ or the source of offsprings. The point is, even so, we all were in Adam's loins when God created him. Therefore, in a sense, when God made Adam, he made you. When God saw Adam, he saw every single human being that will ever come out of him. 
We can trace our creation and cause of existence directly from God through Adam. Today we are the generation, the descendants of the first man that God made. We are the descendants of the original two, Adam and Eve. Our father Adam was made in the image and likeness of God. Therefore, we too are made in the image and likeness of God. Because we were in Adam, in his loins, whatever Adam was, we are. And whatever Adam did, we did. When Adam sinned, we sinned. When Adam was spiritually cut off from God, we were spiritually cut off from God. When Adam was put out of the presence of God, we too were put out of the presence of God. When Adam was consigned to eat bread by the sweat of his brow, the same applied to us. Never think you can eat bread or be successful by gambling or following some pyramid or some scheme. You must sweat to eat bread. And that means, bread there means whatever will make your life bountiful and happy and successful, it will come by labor. Don't let anybody tell you that you can get it by some other means. When Adam became subject to physical death, we too became subject to physical death. But God had another plan. God had another plan to bring a new creation and a new race through a new man. And this brings me to my second point. Jesus became the new man when he was raised from the dead. Turn to Acts chapter 13 verses 29 through 33. It says, and when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in the sepulchre. This is speaking about Jesus. When he was crucified, they took him down from the tree, from the cross, and laid him in the grave. Verse 30, but God raised him from the dead. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. And he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. And we are his witnesses, its witnesses unto the people. And we declare unto you glad tidings, good news, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers. God has fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he had raised Christ up. He had raised up Jesus again. As it is written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. 
So the sum total of the promise that God has made to man, that God has made to our forefathers, to those of the road in history, the, the quintessence of that promise, the sum total of that promise was to raise Jesus from the dead. That's what the scripture is saying there. The promise that was made in Genesis 3.15, the promise that was made in Genesis 22.18, the promise that was made in Genesis 12 and verse 3 concerning the seed will find its fulfillment in Christ being raised from the dead. And so now, the writer of Acts is saying that God has fulfilled the promise and the glad tidings is that he has raised Jesus from the dead. As it is written in, the sec in, in Psalms chapter 2. Thou art my son this day have I begotten thee. That is in Psalms chapter 2 and verse 7. Hear what it says in Psalms chapter 2 and verse 7. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me. You are my son. Today have I begotten you. So that when this psalm was written, what was it speaking about? The resurrection. Now notice what it says. Today, because the day of the resurrection was the day of the birthing of a new race. He would be the progenitor, the forerunner, the first fruit. The firstborn from the dead. Watch this. The revelation is that the, re the resurrection more than victory over Satan, more than victory over sin, victory over hell, victory over death. It was the birth of a new spiritual creation of men. It was the birth of a new breed of mankind. Watch this now. God confounded Satan and his angels by turning the tomb into a womb. Nobody saw it. What was supposed to be a tomb gave birth what was supposed to be an end was a beginning. Somebody needs to lift your hands in the air. You don't have to shout it, but say, Lord, I thank you. Yes. When Jesus was raised from the dead, it was the birth of a new race, a new kind, a new brand, a new species, a new generation of men. Like Adam, Jesus became the first of a new kind of man through the resurrection. And from that point on, a new generation of men come into existence 
through the resurrection and from the point of the resurrection, a new creation of men was birthed. Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. This day, this day, as much as you can include yourself right there, thou art my son, this day. I want you to see that because if you see that, you become more theologically wise because you'll be able to mark when the new creation started. It was there when God proved that he had whipped the devil. And that the man that should have been kept down, died for sin, died because of our sins. Now he's alive. It means something has changed because he'll be the first who ever defeated death, never to die again. And anybody who was raised from the dead was raised because of his power as a token Lord, somebody of what was to come in the future but yet they had to die again because he must be the first one to live because he must be the first fruit he must be the progenitor so they had to die but they will come and live again but he must be the first thou art my son this day have I begotten thee? Colossians 1 and verse 18 says, And he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. The firstborn from the dead. It means that he was the first one to overcome death. He, 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 he is the firstborn, and the firstborn is one with rights and ranks. First, firstborn have more leverage than anybody else. No, you see, nobody else could have been the firstborn from the dead. He had to first defeat the devil. He first had to go to a cross without sin. Whip the devil. Go down to hell. He said, I come for what is mine. I come, to, I come to liberate all those souls that believed in God. From Adam, come right down. And, and then it looked. They look forward to my coming and now I come to you devil and I just want to tell you I didn't come for a long, long talk just pass the keys he took the keys and he opened prison doors and he set captives free and but when he came out also he came out with gifts to men to heal and to discern spirits and to somebody cast out devils and, and so he rose from the dead the firstborn from the dead Ephesians watch this Ephesians 2 and verse 1 says and you he has made alive who were dead in trespasses and in sins why because because he lives we live also because we are in him now we are in a new man first of all we inherited all that Adam was now we will inherit we, we inherit all that Christ is so the Bible says you had he quickened I want you to know today you are quickened I want you to know that in you there is life in you there is eternal life you have been made alive glory be to God that is why you can serve God that is why you are you are a child of God God has quickened you and when you go down to Ephesians chapter 2 verses 5 and 6 it says even when we were dead in trespasses and in sins he made us alive together with him by grace I save through faith and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works as any man should boast. I want to tell you this. 
Let me read it again. It says, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with him, with Christ. By grace are ye saved. And had raised us up together. Verse 1 of chapter 3 says, You he made alive who were dead in trespasses and in sins. I want you to understand something. He raised you out of sin. He, when God raised you from death, he didn't just raise you from physical death and you just go existing in sin. Let me read it again. You he, you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and in sins. The man who came out of the grave was a man who had victory over sin. My friend, he had victory before he died. Much more, much more after he died and was raised from the dead. He died for our sins, but now he is raised sinless. But guess what? We are now in him. And sin doesn't have to have power over us. You don't have to sin. You don't have to sin. You don't have to be subject to sin. You don't have to, you don't have to do the wrong things. Glory be to God. Because God has quickened you. That life is in you. That Holy Spirit, that new life is in you. And it's just a matter of time before you're going to go to meet him out of this body and this mortal will put on immortality. In 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 45, it says, as it is written, the last man, Adam, was made a life-giving soul. Sorry, the first man, Adam, was made a life-giving soul, and the last, Adam, was made a quickening spirit, or a life-giving spirit. Jesus is called the last Adam because when he died on the cross, he put an official end to the old race. Watch this. He's called the last Adam. Because when he died on the cross, he canceled and condemned officially Adam's race. God said, I'm done with that race. I give hope for a new one. And Jesus became the last Adam. If you stay in Adam, you have nobody to blame but yourself. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says the first man is of the earth, earthy, the second man is, of, is the Lord from heaven. Adam is called the first man. Jesus is called the second man. Many people don't realize there are two different kind of men on the planet right now. Third point. You must be born into the new race of mankind. Just as you had to be born into the first race, you must be born into the second race. How was Adam birthed? How, how was he quickened? How did he come alive? John chapter 20 and verse 22. But we, we, we know that Adam, God breathed into him the breath of life. And he became a living soul. So when God will start this new race of men, he did something similar in John 20 and verse 22. It said that he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus, after his resurrection, breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. 
And John said in John 3 and verse 7, Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. Jesus said that which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of spirit is spirit. To get into this new man, this new generation, this new species, you must be born into it. How are you born into it? You are born into it when you believe on Jesus, when you trust in Jesus, when you say, Lord, I believe you died for my sins. I believe you gave your life for me on that cross. I believe you paid the price for me. For the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Amen. That whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life when you hear that word and you believe in the love of God you are born again and Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 blessed be the God of the God of our Lord and Father Jesus Christ who has who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope watch this by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead this day have I begotten you First Peter chapter 1 and verse 23 says, Being born again, not of the corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible seed, by the word of God which lives and abides forever. The corruptible seed is the sperm of your father. But you are born of the seed of the word of God. The incorruptible seed is sperma. And when you put it all together, the word is Jesus. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God and all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Bible said and all things were made by him. Who him? The word. All things were made by the word and you are born of the word. Glory be to God. So I want you to know when you are born of the word you are born of power you're talking about a power you're talking about you are born of a power of an endless life you're talking about you are born of creative power that is why the bible says in hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 it said the word of god is alive and powerful what is in you is what created the world what is in you is what made everything what is you what is in you is what spun the galaxy into space what what is in you is what has the the, the, the milky way out there in the solar system out there what is in you is the living word of God power is in you victory is in you you see I want you to know you as a Christian you're not looking for victory trying to get a victory you are born of the victory the word is victory the word is God and the word is creative and the word is powerful your nature is victory your nature is power your nature is overcoming hallelujah your nature is a holy nature. Go repeat to God. God is so holy that the Bible says he dwells in light unapproachable to men. But thank
man God you are no longer a normal man you are an ordinary man you, you, are, you are a spiritual man you are a new creation in Christ Jesus so spring it up from your belly it is a desire to be like your father power was in Jesus power is in you victory was in Jesus victory is in you he cast out devils he put a devil in his place he kicked devil butts you can do it too glory be to God Jesus lived above the, the circumstances of this world amen that is what you inherited glory be to God because you are in that new man glory be to God Mother of Ashada, I'll be born again. But I want to show you something else. That this life that, that, that you have, that you have to be born into, it is not sustained by bread and cheese. Because this life is supernatural. This life needs something supernatural to support it. So the Bible says in Matthew 4 and verse 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Amen. And the Bible says, uh, without faith it is impossible to please him. And Romans 1 and verse 17 says, the just shall live by faith. And then I hear Paul saying that faith cometh by hearing. And hearing from the, by the word of God. So, so faith comes by what God says. I want you to watch this. Stay with me. Faith is created by when, trusting what God says. Even when everything around you. And what you have been accustomed to says it can't work. So the thing about it is that what produces faith, what produces the, 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 the food to sustain this new life is a situation that looks chaotic. But, 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 but when you are in God and your eyes are open, you say that this is not chaos. This is, a, this is, a, this is an opportunity for food. Now you can understand why Caleb could look at a mountain with giants and say they are bread for us. Because even then we act upon God's word. That is what sustains us. The reason why a generation perished in the wilderness is because they did not act on God's word. They were going by what they can see. What made them comfortable. But what you can see and your way does not produce faith. If you're not strong in the spirit, every time God put food on your table, you would cast it aside. God said, I've been trying to teach you to come out of the crib. I've been trying to teach you to take steps. But we walk by faith and not by sight. So I've got to give you something to do to see if you're going to, to, see if you're going to do it. That goes against your nature. See, many of the things many of you are crying for, you don't understand, is the thing God sent to feed your nature. The things you are saying, I wish God take this away. God said, if I take it away, you won't grow. I wish I know where my next meal was coming from. God said, if, if, if you know where your next meal comes from every day, you would never grow. I am your meal. You don't understand. You're in a new man. Hear the disciples on the boat. Jesus said, go over on the other side. He knew there was going to be a storm, you know. So when the storm came, Inside of a beat into the boat. Hear them. Lord, carest thou not that we perish? You know, if that boat had sailed without a problem, Brother Marlon, that story would have never been in the Bible. Mm -hmm. 
Some of you, God is writing your story. I wish I had a church in here. Ooh, hallelujah. We appreciate the time you spent with us today. If you need prayer right now, send us an email to info at victorgill.org or call now at 1-868-266-1830 and we will pray for you to get your miracle. You can partner with Bishop Gill to bring healing to the nations by donating any amount at www.victorgill.org. Thank you. From our family to you, God bless you richly.